Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am so happy to be here this evening. This is my, I can't even remember the latest episode. Um, I wish I had someone who was doing this for me, but like I said in previous episodes, I have executed all my team because they were not doing a fantastic job editing. Uh, but it gives me great honor and privilege uh, to uh, interview our next guest. I said to you that I will make sure that I have comedians and I will have comedians from both genders. Not only am I having comedians, I'm also having people from all over the world who want to come and talk to me. Uh, as you know, the title of the podcast is called If Comedians Rule the World. I'm going to try and make my uh, introduction very brief. Even though this podcast is about me, uh, my opposition leaders have been criticizing me, basically saying my podcast introduction is too long, uh, that I should shut in it. Uh, you know, you can never ever please people in this world. I am the only president, the only dictator in the world to have a podcast where I am allowing civilians to come and talk to me about any political subject. There's no censorship any political subject, whereas all the civilian governments are censoring them right now, both right wing, left wing, whatever they call themselves, they're censoring them, even Twitter in censoring them, Donald Trump. I allow these comedians and everyone else who comes to my podcast to talk, but they are not allowed to criticize my government or my presidency. So it gives me great pleasure, once again, to introduce you to someone who I have gigged with many, many, many times. And whenever she performs, she stomps and destroys the gig. You know, there's the same in Britain when I was still performing comedy before I got, got retired by COVID that they don't find female comics funny. I tell you, I have gigged with so many female comics who are funnier than me, caught me, funnier than me. And I want to introduce you to Spring Day, an American comic based in the United Kingdom. Spring Day, how are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you very much, Mr. President. <laughs> you know, this is nice. You know, I, I am really, really pleased to have you as my guest, but it's a bit disappointing looking at your background. There's no poster of me at all. On the, there's nothing, just a piece of paper on the right hand side. I don't know what that piece of paper it says, says. It says, this is my collection of white walls. Oh, good. You know, good. I noticed people have been showing off their books and stuff in the background, which I don't have because I'm American and we don't read. But I do have plenty of white wall. And I but don't, don't be deceived by these British people with bookcases. They can't read. That's why their English is so bad. They, they, they pretend that they have bookcases. Some of it is just Zoom presentation. You know, they just pick up a Zoom screen and say, oh, I've got a bookcase. We will be different. We don't read, we write. So how have you been? How have you been coping with the lockdown? Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, I got married a couple months ago. Wow. Congratulations. And when the government said we could only have, we could only have six guests, I said, fantastic. That means my husband's friends can't come. So yeah, it's been amazing. I love it. Wow. So and who did you get married to? Do I know this? Lucky yes, man. You do. Uh, I got married to Tim Renko, who's also a comedian. And wow. Wow. Two comedians getting married. How does that work? Do you write each other's jokes? Yes, we do, actually. I think um, we kind of live them first and then they become jokes. Yeah, it's it's actually 
it's really interesting because you kind of forget how to talk to real people. And then you talk to real people, and you're like, oh, sorry, we're assholes. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I tell you, it's really interesting you say that. I tell you, as you know, I have been gigging all over the country uh, over the last 11 years. And uh, every weekend I was always in my uniform. And I have to say to you, I have learned to be a proper human being since March. I have learned to be <laughs> a human being. Yeah, a human being outside the uniform. And it is scary. I have no power whatsoever. I'm just, <laughs> no power. <laughs> because whenever I'm in uniform, I feel like incredible hawk. And 2020 has just made me realize wow you've been wearing this uniform for 11 years were you suffering from some kind of midlife crisis or what was it exactly that <laughs> made you put this on <laughs> but yeah so yeah and it's, it's really interesting because everything that's happened and you know comedy's on hold live comedy's on hold anyway it just really reminds me of when uh the fukushima nuclear plant accident happened i was in japan and uh, someone asked me, hey, do you want to perform in Fukushima and cheer up all the people that lost their homes? And uh, I talked to a magician that was going up there and, um, and he said, uh, you can do whatever you want. Just don't make anything disappear. Wow. Wow. <laughs> because that's not entertaining up here because they've already lost everything they own. Yeah. And I said, uh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't go up there and complain about how I can't find a boyfriend. Oh, you know, so I, I chose not to. So no, it, it kind of reminds me of, you know, just the new normal um, is taking a bit of time to get used to. Yeah. And, and this is what is really interesting for me, unless I, I am so far removed from what's happening behind the scenes in terms of the comedy industry. But I hear people, the few comics I am in touch with, they keep telling me that live comedy is dead. But I have seen people advertise that they're about to go and gig. So it's not dead, it's probably just disseminated. How do you call it? It's, there's a reduction in number of gigs, but it's still very much, people are still oh, no. gigging. Yeah, comedy is not going anywhere because it's the cheapest thing to produce. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it will always be around yeah. as long as there are people. We, we sell beer, that's what we do. Yeah, I remember the last, the last gig we did. You might not remember this, this was somewhere Oh, I think it was somewhere Milton Keynes or somewhere, no, somewhere in Essex, in Essex. And mm -hmm. uh, such a lovely, you know, what's really interesting now is um, I hate FB memories because I have all these memories of gigs that I've done in the past. And I see these gigs and I'm saying, wow, what a privilege it was to go on stage and entertain people. And now all of a sudden it's become like a luxury. Yeah, yeah, yeah really um just being able to because it's such a beautiful and simple thing yeah right it's that, not an easy thing to do but it is its format is quite simple yeah and a beautiful thing to behold and can't wait to be able to do it again well yeah yeah i'm sure i'm sure we will catch up and and and, and make that's if i do not enjoy i call i call comedy miss comedy so i feel like miss comedy has split up with me right now and i have discovered podcasts podcast is my new girlfriend so i just <laughs> i just hope when miss comedy wants me back that i can find the balance to do both but um the, the title of uh, my podcast is called if comedians rule the world 
And the whole idea is that you choose a particular topic that you want to talk about. And I haven't demanded what topic you should talk about, but you know, but I could have done that as a dictator, but I'm learning, I'm learning after spending 11 years in a democratic nation that you should give people the opportunity to choose what they want to talk about. So spring day, what would you like to talk about today? I want to talk about the role religion played, specifically white evangelicals played in the American election. Oh, the American elections that is still not over yet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Apparently it's over, but uh, it's it's so frustrating when the president of the United States does your job better than anyone else. <laughs> Look, I, I, I said to someone recently that Donald Trump has been the best comedian for the past four years. You know, storming every gig for yeah. four good years on Twitter, on the media, four good years. And you know what it's like, all of a sudden, there are no gigs and you can't believe it. I, I, I can't believe it. So tell me about religion. What, what, because one of the things I picked up is that one, I, I come from, originally I was from a country called Nigeria before I, I, I was disillusioned and I created my country called Laughter Republic. A lot of Nigerians love Donald Trump because he believes in God. They love him because he is a Christian. I don't, I, I'm not sure he's a Christian. I, I don't think he, I don't think he portrays the values of Christianity. Uh, but tell me, what, what, what role did religion play in, 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 in American politics? Well, what you have to understand is I'm, I'm from the Bible Belt and I come from an evangelical background. And a, a lot of white evangelicals believe that they are being persecuted in America. And they've had this idea for decades and decades. And so I remember growing up being told by the leaders in my church that things were just going to get harder and harder for Christians if we didn't fight back, you know, and every democratic nominee for the president was the antichrist and the Republican one was a man of God and all of that, that the rhetoric was always the same, right? And however, you didn't have things like the internet to kind of um, just in these conspiracy theories and these ideas, it just, they couldn't spread the same way, although it was there. And so what happened with Trump, I believe is that there was a trade off, that there's this idea that there are people in the Bible who were not holy men or godly men, but they were used by God. And a lot of church leaders from my generation, when I was a kid, loved the movie, The Schindler's List. Do you remember that? Yes. And, the, and they thought that that was a Christian movie in that God used this womanizing, misogynistic, horrible man to save all these people. And so I think a lot of people that I know voted for Trump, thinking of him as, quote unquote, a tool of God. And I genuinely think he is a tool, <laughs> but uh, that is something that they still believe. And about 20% 
fewer evangelicals voted for him this time around because they just couldn't marry him pretending to be a born again Christian and what he's been doing. Because four years ago, it was easy to vote for him because Christian leaders said, oh, we've prayed with him. He's accepted Jesus into his heart. He's a new Christian. You have to give him time to mature. Well, it's four years later and there's no maturity. He hasn't changed at all. So that rhetoric is really hard to continue. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. It does. So if I've heard you correctly, it's really yeah. interesting. So are you saying that this recent election, apart from the fact that he, the embellagicals, uh, there was a reduction in the number of people who voted for him, that the election was um, uh, Christians versus non-Christians. Is that what you were? Is that what yes, you were? Yes, yes, yes. And it's wow. a, a specific kind of evangelical Christian, especially. What, so so how, how did that, how did, where were they during the Obama? So is that one of the reasons why people thought that Obama was a Muslim? Oh yes, absolutely. They, wow. they bought into that. They bought into that, even though it's very obvious that Obama and his family go to church mm -hmm. and uphold ideals that are biblically based. Mm -hmm. You know, Obama wasn't perfect. He wasn't a perfect president. Yeah. But um, he, Tell me, I know, I know. You know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they believed that um, Obama was um, evil on some level. Um, I, and uh, I wasn't in the States at that time, but uh, these are people that, you know, they loved Bush, they loved Nixon, they thought Nixon got a, wrong, a raw deal, and a lot of people that were involved with um, Trump getting elected uh, were involved in the Nixon Watergate scandal and all of that. Mm. Don't, like, don't, you, don't you think, because what's really interesting is you look at America and the rise of Trump, you look at Britain and the rise of Brexit, and I know that it's not very popular to say, I think one of the things that I thought that Trump did very well is okay. to target, to, to position himself as an, uh, a, not part of the establishment. You know, the, the, the fact that the establishment has been running the country for so many years, I'm not part. Don't you think is the failure? Because a lot of people put their faith on democracy, but I think it is actually a failure because it's as a result of the establishment failing to address the needs of the embellagic, I can't pronounce that name properly, but you know what I'm talking about. They're yeah. not meeting their needs. That's right. why you have the likes of Trump rising. That's why you have Brexit, because these people feel really ignored. And you can't take that away from the Trumps, from the Nigel Farage. They were clever enough. I don't agree with how they've done it, but they were clever yeah. enough to tap into the disaffection of the electorate. You, you well, it's really easy to, yeah, it's really easy to tap into it, especially when you're part of the cause. Yes. <laughs> problem. But I think I think that was a large part of it. That's definitely a large part of it. And I think that when Obama was president, a lot of poor or or working poor white people thought, well, if he's going to raise the living standard of black people, because I'm higher on the totem pole, that means my life will improve as well. And when their lives didn't improve, that made them doubly angry because they felt like there was some sort of shift happening in the culture yeah. and they were getting left behind. But, but on, but, but. On, oh, sorry, on top of that, with that, 
you also have the American dream, right? That anyone can do anything, especially if they're unqualified, right? We don't like watching qualified people work hard and get something. We want the game show version, right? And also you have the prosperity gospel, which is increasing, increasing, increasing and ties into that religion thing. And oh, uh, Trump has prosperity gospel uh, preachers preaching at every single rally he has. They're either Latino or Hispanic and um, I can't remember the name of when I was just listening to a podcast called Exvangelical, and they talk about this a lot. And um, the pastor had said, um, it was a black pastor, and he said, I don't see white people, I just see people. The only color that matters is green. Hmm. Right? So that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So what now America has a new president. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he also comes across as a Christian. He comes across yeah. as a good man, uh, always talking about God. Um, why is it is it possible that religion has divided America? And oh that's yeah, why it's divided at the moment. What what's the solution? Well, the problem is um, our education uh, is quite insufficient in terms of how America was started and the ideas that were being upheld when it was all being set up. And so one of the large motivations of churches uh, in America, these evangelical churches, is they want to do away with public schooling as much as possible. They want to defund it, make it um, um, responsibility of the family and not the responsibility of the government. What's your view on that? If you if you if you had power, if you were president of the United States and you could rule the world, leader of the of the free world, what would you do differently? I would make homeschooling illegal. Too, <laughs> because I know professional teachers, and every single year, some kid who's been homeschooled. My unqualified parents have just stuck their kid in front of a computer for three years and now they can't speak or they have the, the they have the skill level of someone two or three years below them. And, but, and but is that is that the majority? Because there are also good stories about parents who have homeschooled their children and the children are doing very, very well. You could argue that at the moment where we have, I don't know whether you think it's a pandemic or pandemic, and there's been a discussion about schools opening and schools being shot and the fact that schools should be shot. Surely if more parents were skilled enough, homeschooling would have been the way forward. Would you, mm, well, think about your parents. Would your parents be able to give you all of the information you need, would they be qualified to train you to do those things? Well, my parents were so busy building houses that uh, they dumped me in a boarding school. Because <laughs> 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 thinking about my dad, my dad tried to teach me how to drive mm -hmm. and I was in tears from the beginning until the end. So yeah. entrusting him with, with teaching me everything else. Oh man, I'd be a mess. <laughs> yeah, my, my father was a great um, 
my real father was a great, not my comedy father, but my real father was a great civil engineer. And uh, I remember him spending some time trying to teach me mass. And he was very impatient with me, very, very. I used to get little knocks when I, when I, made, when I, made, a, when I made a mistake. Okay, so let's go back to yeah. the bit about religion because yeah, yeah. America is changing. Uh, uh, there's, there's an, a new, what, what role, because we're talking about religion in America, what role can the Muslims play in America? Do you think they have a role? Do you think there will ever be a Muslim president? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, I, I don't know. I don't know because I think, I think Muslims, as they, as they become more and more uh, active in the public eye and Americans become more used to it, um, I just, America's just such a big place. It's not really one country, it's 50 different countries. So why doesn't it split up? Why doesn't it split up like the USSR, the old, the old Soviet Union? You remember the old Soviet Union? They, yeah. they split up and then you have now have um, Russia. And look how, look how well it worked out for them. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, because when I was following, I, I thought from the fact that I, I genuinely can't believe that I spent two weeks binging on the American elections. I watched nothing else apart from American elections. Um, right. And for me, it feels like if I've heard, if I've read it correctly, that each of these states, they have different rules in terms of how they count their votes or how they declare who has won. That to me, feels like these are 50 different countries and the the, the, the system does not work. That's why you have lots of, it's either you go the route of a dictatorship okay. and you do it properly, not in disguise like, um, it really annoys me when people say Donald Trump is trying to be a dictator. He isn't because he would have fixed the elections. He would have rigged it, Spring. He would have, he would have changed the constitution. He would have he doesn't really want to be president. Because he doesn't want to be embarrassed. But think about think about if things had gone the way they were supposed to go. He wasn't supposed to win the first round. Think about how much the world would love him now, right? As a comedian, as an entertainer, we would probably be wearing Donald Trump merch and eating his fucking steaks. But you know what is really um, disappointing is he had a real opportunity to make a difference because of the number of people supporting him, uh, but not necessarily people outside America, but mainly those Americans that you spoke about. He had, I mean, he increased his vote. That's what I hear, he increased. Yeah, yeah. So there are 5 million more racists in, <laughs> in I don't. I don't think, I genuinely don't think it was in every case, a vote for Trump, right? I think it was one of two things. It was like, well, I guess I'm sticking with this, right? Or it was, I don't like Biden's track record. Wow. I, I, you see, this is what I don't, this is what is so rich. This is what is so, how would I put it? It's what, is, what America is experiencing is what African countries do. You, mean, you have a vice president who, who was vice president for eight years and he still wants to come back and become president. <laughs> that's, that's 
far as I'm concerned, what is it that you couldn't fix in eight years? What is it that you couldn't fix in eight years that you think no, you but, fix but now? But everyone knows the vice president doesn't really do anything. So that is the reason why now he wants to run for president. I genuinely believe that I America. I, Honestly, I don't think he wants to run. I don't think he wanted to run. I don't even think he wanted to be vice president. Right? I just, I think, I think Biden was like, I guess I'm the man to do it. I guess I'm white enough. I guess people like me enough. I'm middle of the road. I can negotiate. You know, right? you know, someone said to me last week, Spring, someone said to me yeah. that they believe that America has actually elected its first black female president. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. And that they actually voted for the first black female president rather than for Biden, because yeah. I, 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 I'm not being ageist, but you know, I'm not surprised that Hillary Clinton didn't win because she was wife of the president. She was in government as well. And what are you looking for? What are these people looking for? Why can't you jump a generation? Why didn't Bernie Sanders, for example, is he not a religious man? Why did well, he, he win? Yeah, he's very religious, but also he's scared businesses. He was like, everyone wants change, but when you're really faced with it, like Bernie represents real fundamental change in the government in a way that scares people that have money. But then democracy does not work then. It protects. Well, no, democracy works. People are just stupid. That's it. You reckon? Like, oh yeah, people are so dumb, you know. What's really interesting, I, I, because I, I hear that um, Biden got more votes than Obama. Yeah. How is that possible? But I think I think this time around, people like I'll be honest. It was the first time I ever voted this time around. Oh wow! Congratulations! Yeah. Thank you, thank you. And the reason it sounds awful. The reason why I hadn't voted before was I had I was a globe trotter, and when you register to vote, you are also registered to be on jury duty. Okay. And if you get called to jury duty in your home state and you do not respond, you can get into severe trouble. Wow. And I, I had been using my, my dad's address and my dad's an older guy and everything that comes from me that's important gets thrown in the trash. <laughs> so wow. I was just like, I didn't want to risk that. Wow. But I also wanted to maintain a healthy relationship with my dad. So wow. I just didn't, you know, and, and when I lived in the States most recently, I lived in New York and I knew no one was voting for Trump then and there. And, and that went to Hillary, Hillary anyway. So I didn't really feel that compelled. Um, so, so do you think Biden can make a difference? Do you think Biden is the one to move America? Some, some people say that just a change from Trump is a breath of fresh air. Well, it's, it is a breath of fresh air, but also... I, I think that um, people want, some people want a democratic type of Trump to kind of just come in and just do what he wants uh, in, a, in a kind of um, macho shithead way. And I think people respect that on, on a certain level, but I think he's very measured and um, very um, economic with his words and that's, frankly kind of boring but yeah. but it's necessary yeah and i think a lot of people don't notice that because we're we've all been entertained to death i think i think kamala is tougher than biden oh yeah oh yeah she's gonna be amazing and i'm i'm really i'm 
I'm very happy that uh, she and Biden were elected. I was surprised that it would happen so soon because oh, okay. you remember black men could vote 70 years before women could. And I thought it was going to take 70 years mm. between a black president being elected and a woman being yeah. elected. I, I genuinely thought it was going to take that long. I, I, I don't think it's, it's going to, uh, I hear you, and I don't think it's going to take that long to actually have a female president as well. I, I think it's, it's just, just knocking on the door. If it's not I, it's someone else. Yeah. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's really interesting. I, I, the, 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 I've, I've noticed the appointments that uh, Biden is making at the moment, uh, <laughs> and they all seem to be Obama, former Obama administrators, you know, people who have served. It's as if Obama is back, but in a different, yeah. kind of like in a different disguise. I don't think that is good for America. Why not? I mean, Obama came in as a cleanup president. Biden's coming back in as a cleanup president. Might as well bring the cleaning team. Yeah, but I, I reckon I reckon Trump is going to come back. I, you know, I it depends on what his next venture is, like because if his next venture, you know, if he starts a theme park or something, he's going to be happier than a pig and shit. Can he? You can know? he? Can he run from prison? Well, no. He what he what what typically presidents get their own library. Okay. And so, and he might create a thing where. You have to pay admission to go into and that's his library. <laughs> but, you know but, what I mean? <laughs> but the question was, do you yes, think right. because there's always there's a view that he might end up in prison? Do you think he can run from Oh no, from prison? I don't think so. I think I think it's too embarrassing as a country. I think they'll cut a deal or something. I I just think as as much as he belongs in jail, I just think the country isn't ready for that kind of embarrassment. And, 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 and for a country that is meant to be religious, sorry, you should be able to forgive your president. You know, well, pardon no, but, also too, but also if he does end up in jail, then he becomes, you know, he's fighting for the cause. Mm. You know, he becomes mm. Nelson Mandela and who yeah. wants that? Yeah, yeah. Right? And, that, and that's why I thought he could, he could go in prison and then come back many years later and run for presidency and win. Because people but like Nelson Mandela, when he comes out of um, prison, uh, his wife will divorce him in a second. Well, I, 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 my understanding is that she's even going to divorce him before that anyway. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, I, have, I have no sympathy for her whatsoever. Yeah. Like, just, I just don't. I just don't. But, so, so, uh, so people say now that America has uh, forgiven itself and, uh, you know, it's a fresh, clean start. I, I, do you think that, uh, apart from the fact that he hasn't conceded, do you think he will come for the inauguration? Only to make noise and have people say, look at me, look at me. Like just, you know, my hand looked bigger on the Bible, you know, so something, <laughs> something awful and horrible and just like, ugh, gross. Yeah. Gross. But you know, it's so funny because, you know, it was so funny the way like his wife, she wore like a, um, a Jackie O type dress, mm -hmm. you know, and it was like a subliminal, like she was hoping he'd get shot, you know, kind <laughs> <laughs> of thing. It's and, really, it's, it's really interesting as well, that during this period that he has refused to concede and he's been kicking the force about how uh, the elections were rigged, 
that, that there was so much gun control against the president. It's amazing that nothing happened. You know, I. Well, you know, that's why I'm not worried about Biden. Like, like COVID and like Trump's a very unhealthy guy and he's old, right? Well, he survived COVID. He survived in a way like he survived so well. It's like and like the doctors, I don't know what the doctors have him on, but like <laughs> it's it's like if if he can still survive after that, then Biden will live to be a thousand. Now I I, I I said to someone that what Biden needs to do, because we know that COVID likes uh, elderly people. He should just stay, self-isolate until the inauguration day. No need, you know, just televise everything he wants to do through Zoom at home. <laughs> and then on inauguration day, come out and then <laughs> we know nothing has happened <laughs> to him. <laughs> That's a great idea. That's what I think. So um, what's the way forward for America? What, what do you think? Do you think religion will still play a part or would it? Because oh, it will like like Christian nationalism is a real force that we that everyone has to realize um, is a genuine conspiracy theory type belief. And it is deep, deep, deep mm -hmm. uh, within uh, the thinking patterns of people in the Midwest and the Bible Belt, a lot of and 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 it's understandable in a way because they're kind of forgotten about mm -hmm. when you consider East Coast, West Coast, you know, they're called mm -hmm. the flyover states and, mm -hmm. and they're, you know, and they've really suffered in the opioid epidemic and mm -hmm. economically. And, mm -hmm. and so there's a, there's a lot of reasons behind that. And I think that we have to kind of, um, I mean, I used to be part of that group. I used to think that way. And it wasn't until I got out and met other people, I was like, oh, there's, you know, there's, I can have perspective, you know, and I try to share it. And I think it's really important to, when you meet someone with that mindset, not to embarrass them and not to, um, um, you know, shake your finger because you're kind of just doing the opposite. You're strengthening their belief system because they feel persecuted because you disagree with them. Mm. Um, but I think it's important that you say, look, you can believe what you want, but you know, your beliefs have real consequences and they're affecting other people's health and lives. Mm -hmm. So, so um, it's, it, it's, I think it's what, what you're basically saying. It's all about educating them, isn't it? Getting them yeah. to see a different um, opinion or a different perspective or understanding right. the, 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 their opinions have adverse effects on other people, isn't it? Right. Or just being able to read a news or a quote unquote news article and not being able to tell that something is is uh, biased. Yeah. You're yeah. not. That's a really big one. Hmm. You know, Good. so um, this is this is this is fascinating. I like, like I said, I'm talking to quite a lot of people and I'm learning about democracy and how it works and America is a fascinating. You might want to try it in your country. <laughs> Who knows, I might just drop this uniform and, and run as a civilian <laughs> president or civilian prime minister one day. What does the future hold for you, Spring Day? I know you have your own podcast. Do you want to plug that? What else are you doing? Yeah. What other projects uh, are you doing? Well, uh, I'm, I'm at the moment, I'm, I'm, um, I'm working on a, a, a TV show 
thing, Ooh, which I wow. can't uh, say much about. Well done. Uh, but thank you. Thank you. Uh, and uh, I am, I do have a podcast um, that's called Life in a Second Language with Spring Day. And mm. I talk to people who are, who speak two or more languages and talk yeah. about um, what effects it has on people to speak a second language. And, and you yourself have been on it. Once yes, I, 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 I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I, it's just silly stuff. And, and I um, um, do a lot of, um, give a lot of news about um, foreign language learning and, and what's happening in the world. Oddly enough, Trump's team, like three weeks ago, started a um, study abroad campaign <laughs> in the middle of a fucking pandemic. But still, it's forward thinking, I guess. But uh, yeah, that's what I've been up to. Good, good. And uh, to, are you, because I hear there were some people who've just decided, oh, I've had enough. I'm not doing live comedy anymore. I'm just going to do something else when the comedy industry comes back full swing. Are, are you still going to be gigging? Is that your plan? Yeah, I'll still still be gigging but I'm also taking this time to do more screenwriting and um, um, book writing things like that just things that that um, um, mean you know things that don't put me or my husband's life in danger yeah, yeah. I, I hear you I hear you I hear you well it's been fantastic speaking to spring day I have certainly learned a lot about American politics I've learned about her views on religion not necessarily but views on her on how the uh, religion has affected America um look out for spring day she said she's going to be on tv but she hasn't told me when she will be on tv on why <laughs> so I wish her every success in her She's a very good person. And, and you see, the thing about comedy is this, I have met some really fantastic and amazing people. And one of the reasons why I've done this is to try and reconnect uh, because this COVID has really uh, yeah, disengaged a lot of comedians. We don't see each other like we used to. And um, Spring Day has always been very nice to me. Uh, uh, so I'm, I'm pleased to You're have You're one of a few lucky ones. I have a few lucky ones. <laughs> Well, so thank you so much, Spring Day, for, for joining me. And my listeners, um, I just want to continue to thank you for downloading. I am not forcing you to download this, but you know what happens if you do not download my podcast. Share it. Um, and It's getting better, and we are having a fantastic time. I, my next guest is going to be Don Biswas, uh, another fantastic comedian, and uh, I shall be talking to him shortly. And... Uh, Whatever you're doing this week, have a fantastic uh, uh, week ahead of you, and I shall see you soon. Thank you. No. Thanks for that. I'm this show is part of Podomity, the podcast comedy network. We're the best kept secret on Acast. Why not laugh at what else we've got? Check out podomity.com now.